We are live. Hey there, welcome to the Kingdom Minded Coach Podcast. I'm your host, Angel Rivera, and today I'm excited to bring you episode 31 entitled Rise Above the Flames. And if you've been with us over the last 31 episodes, before we get started in our first ever interview, I just wanted to personally thank everybody for the downloads, for the support, for the emails, for the comments all over social media. It's very encouraging and it's so awesome to know that our podcast episodes are reaching the world and helping people one person at a time. It's a, a humbling experience and I'm so grateful that God is using this for his glory. And on top of that, I have a really awesome um, announcement. Our Biblical Blacksmith apparel brand online store is now open. You can go to biblicalblacksmith.com and start purchasing your apparel. It's an amazing movement that we just started and we can't wait to see what God does through it. We have a big vision and uh, it's just going to be an awesome journey and an awesome ride. And with that being said, today marks our very first interview for the Kingdom Minded Coach podcast. And again, if you've been following us, you know that we are all about helping believers find their kingdom driven purpose, develop it, and then we help you launch into the world so you can do what Jesus has called us to do, which is to go into the world, to be the light of the world, and to allow our life everything that we put our hands to, to glorify him so that we can be a good representation of the good news and help people learn more about who Christ is so they can ultimately make a decision to make him their Lord and their Savior and experience life like never before. And uh, with that being said, I'm really excited about my guest today. His name is Jorge Hernandez from Las Vegas, Nevada. What a God story. What a miracle story. What a power-packed story. So um, if you're here, buckle up because his story is going to increase your faith and may even bring a tear to your eye. But overall, it's going to bring massive hope and it's going to allow you to see God and to see life in a whole new perspective. So with that being said, Jorge, thank you so much for being on the Kingdom Minded Coach podcast. How are you doing today? Angel. Love your energy. Come on. Uh, just grateful and honored and humbled, bro, to be here with you. Uh, you always been a light and encouragement to my life. And i um, excited to see what God is doing to through the kingdom-minded coach and through you. And so it is an honor to be here with you this morning. Thank you, uh, or afternoon. Thanks, man. I appreciate no, it. No, it's still morning. <laughs> it's still morning yeah. here, at least. Yeah, for sure. It's still morning. It might be afternoon somewhere else, though. It, it definitely is. So shout is. out to, <laughs> to, another, uh, to another time zone. It, it, isn't that crazy, man, that we can go live on a, on a recording, or not go live, but we can record this, and then in a couple of hours, man, this is going to hit the internet, and God is going to use it however he wants to use it. But just like 10, 15, 20 years ago, this was impossible. And now, man, look what we can do. We never know who's watching. Right. But for sure, people are going to get blessed by it. Um, how far back do we go, man? I, I remember meeting you at a conference in a direct sales uh, business that we were both in. And we hit yeah. off so quick. We prayed together. You had a heart of gold, man. And since then, you know, we haven't been in, in contact as much as we want, but we've never lost contact. But uh, it's been a blessing to to know you. But how long ago was that? You remember? What was it like? 2014? It was. Yeah, it was. It was almost almost you know? ten years ago. 
Yeah. I love it, man. Yeah. It. Yeah, I met you uh, in L.A. Met you in L.A. Absolutely. Yeah, Southern California. And, and dude, you've been an inspiration to so many. So God bless you. Um, tell us a little bit about Thanks, you, Jorge, where, where you grew up, how, how you know, just, just give us a quick um, synopsis, a cliff note version of who you are, and, and then we'll get into the story. Yeah. Yeah, so I was originally born in Mexico. Um, I, I grew up in Mexico. I, I moved to the States when I was 10. Uh, I have um, a brother that's five years younger than I am. Uh, my parents were divorced when I was 12. So that was a big impact in my life and my brother's life. Uh, I had already moved to Las Vegas, Nevada. Uh, sports were huge in my life ever since I was five. I can you know, remember just being on the basketball stance. My father was a referee for the, uh, the pro league in Mexico. And so basketball was my first love, you can say. And so sports were, they, they, they were my connector to people. Um, I love sports. I love the power of sports and really just kept me out of trouble, man. Especially after, you know, the divorce of my, 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 my parents, uh, it kept me in the straight, straight and narrow. And, um, yeah, grew up in Vegas, went to middle school, high school out here. Um, got a chance to play basketball all the years. Um, found my identity in people. I found my identity in a sport and in a girlfriend. And so, uh, you know, just going through teenage life, man, and not knowing what who you are and where you're going, being confused and breakups and temptations and life, you know. Uh, I got a chance to to um, to stay here in Vegas and went to junior college. Um, and then I got my loan officer license at the age of 19, which is crazy that a couple trusted a 19 year old with the biggest purchase of their lives, Angel. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> nice, and eh? um, I know, yeah. And they were actually, it was God orchestrating everything, man. He was using my brokenness and just my journey. Um, questions is that I was asking um, about life and eternity and purpose. And uh, he used uh, a couple, they said, you're so young, but God told us we needed to work with you. Mm. And they shared Christ. I grew up Catholic in Mexico. I knew of, of God. I heard of God, heard of the gospel. I just didn't know Jesus. Never opened his word and studied it for myself. And so, but that was the first couple that really opened their home and they shared the gospel and, and took time to uh, do life with me. and you know, have coffee and talk about Jesus. I went over there to, you know, sign docs. And man, they were pouring in me Jesus. Like, <laughs> so even that was, you know, That's just awesome. sovereignly placed. Yeah. And so, yeah, man, um, as you can imagine growing up in Vegas, super fast. The life is fast in Vegas. A lot of temptations. We celebrate sin in Las Vegas. It's not hidden. It's in your face. You know, um, 
I actually just have some family from Mexico that's in town. And, um, you know, um, my, my, my cousin's mother-in-law um, is with us and we're walking through the strip and she's closing her eyes and covering her face, man, like <laughs> with the, you know, just hey, some I, of the stuff that's out here. To go along with that, we just went to go visit my father in Vegas. It was the 4th of July weekend. And uh, I just had this this thought like, oh, man, Fremont Street. Let's go check out the, you know, the above the overhead uh, video screens. And they have shows. And I'm thinking, oh, that'll be cool. So we go. We pack in the car and take the kids. And we show up. It ain't the same Fremont Street that I remembered, man. It is it is crazy. We had to literally walk there and turn around and we came back. I'm like, man, the kind of stuff that was going on on that. I don't know how long it goes, but it was something else, man. I, I, I don't know if I can make it out there. Yeah, <laughs> bro. Yeah. It's, it's in your face. Yeah, for sure, so, man. Wow. So you were 19 years old when you were closing a real estate deal for a couple and the couple decided to say, Hey, you know what? You're in our life for a bigger reason other than just selling us a home or doing this transaction. So they shared Jesus with you. You grew up in Mexico. You came out here. Your parents divorced when you were 12. So a, a lot of obstacles already in in your early years of life. How, how were your mom and your dad? Like, that, was that relationship a little rough? Was there afterwards? Was it a little hard on you to go back and forth? And how did that dynamic work out for you? Yeah, um, man, it was really hard. My, my father was an alcoholic. He would drink. Um, very, um, very distant in the, 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 the times that he was close to my brother and I emotionally, affectionately was when he was drinking. Okay. And so that was hard. Um, and they would kind of go back and forth on, you know, breaking up and and it was really tough, man. So we found out that he actually had a cocaine problem. Um, my sixth grade year, seventh grade year, um, my mom gave him chance after chance and, you know, moments of time that he was unfaithful and <clears throat> she tried, she tried, man. And it was hard on her, broke my heart because it's my mom. I love her, you know, and definitely want to respect my father, but it, it was it was a broken home. Yeah. It, it was broken. And it had me broken too, bro. Because, uh, you know, there was a, a moments of seasons of fighting, you know, that I was fighting a lot in school and outside of school because I was broken. And so, you know, getting getting in trouble my sixth grade year and when when um when they divorced, that's when I I made a shift. Mm. And I told my mom, I said, Mom, I'm not gonna give you any any trouble. Um I'm not gonna get suspended. I'm I'm gonna be a, a, a good boy, you know, I'm gonna I'm going to help you out. And so it was a moment of um, maturity in my end, the way that I responded, you know, yeah. never ditched, man, never got in trouble again in school, didn't do any drugs, drinking and, and weed came um, actually after a breakup that, that I was in in high school. I was with the girl from eighth grade to end of eighth grade. Crazy. <laughs> it's crazy, Angel. 
to 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 the end of junior year that's like eternity at that age you know what <laughs> you, i mean like you were together forever <laughs> forever and so man like finding my identity in in basketball you know and and in her um was brought a lot of brokenness you know because you know having uh most athletic in eighth grade and mm. having the ability to to get moved up to to varsity my freshman year for spring ball summer ball like that's that's who i was i was an athlete you know and and i was the boyfriend of vanessa or i'm over here dropping names bro but hey it's um, all good man you know and uh and when that breakup came and it it, it uh, caused me to to kind of go downhill and then i got in trouble my senior year um got hit with a battery case that uh my collegiate ability to 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 pursue basketball was taken away so in the state of nevada it's actually a battery when when you get hit with uh it, it's a felony when you get hit with a battery case and so I was involved with um, an incident um, that I got into trouble, man. I didn't beat nobody up. Uh, a, a security officer accused me of punching him, um, just being at the wrong place with not a leader. You know, my friends were, you know, we just kind of went downhill, man, senior year. Yeah. Just making bad choices started to drink we became a part of my life you know um after so, the break so was this was this uh was this uh you had not met this couple yet at this point no this was in high school okay so yeah so, this was so in senior year you're going through this you go through the breakup you're 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 spiraling down you're getting into the wrong things hanging out with the wrong people and then you meet this couple and they they pretty much just start mentoring you, huh? It was wasn't a mentoring. It was more of a an encounter. Oh, okay. With with the gospel, and it was really the first time that I got a chance to talk to a Hispanic couple that were um, Protestants. You could say, you know, because yeah. I, I I didn't didn't really think about that kind of stuff like I. It was really ignorant when it came down to faith. Mm -hmm. You know, all I knew was me being Catholic. And there's nothing wrong with being Catholic. I think that there's Catholics that love Jesus and that um, that are encountering Christ uh, within their religion. Only God knows people's hearts. But for me, it was um, it was more of a like checkbox mm -hmm. relationship that I had with God. And so, yeah, it was an encounter with Jesus um through through this couple um i turned my life around you can say in a sense of like weed wasn't part of my life anymore because it wasn't like me so I, I think i smoked weed about about a couple years in my brokenness from you know not playing collegiate basketball finding my identity in basketball that being taken under and then also finding my identity in a relationship and her breaking up with me, you know, um, I, um, 
now I, I, I found my identity in a job. You know, um, I'm still going to college, but at the age of 20, I, I made my, my first $50,000. I was like, wow, I'm making more money than my mom. And I actually know what I'm going to do for the rest of my life. I'm going to sell mortgages. And so I was getting mentored by uh, these businessmen that, that owned the company, you know, reading Rich Dad, Poor Dad as a group, um, older men that I looked up to, the way they dressed, what they drove, the house they lived in, they had the, the, the family. And I'm just this little teenage boy, like, this is what I want. I want it. I want that life. Yeah. You know? And so I, I, I was like, this is my purpose. I'm going to be in a real estate investor. And I wrote my five-year plan at the age of 20. I know where I'm going to be at the age of 25. I'm going to have three homes and I'm going to be married. You had, you had <laughs> you it all laid like, out. You had it set up. Yeah. And so, um, I bought a house at the age of 21 and, um, and then I threw a housewarming party and I met this pretty little young thing. <laughs> and, and I, I was like, who is that? And my friend invited some friends and, and me and her connected. So Angel, yet again, I'm finding my identity. I'm using this word identity because this is the kingdom minded coach. If you have, your identity in a, in a person, in a job, you're missing it Amen. because it's way more than that. It's, it's your identity in Christ is who God says you are. And so I'm, I found my identity in my job. I know where I know my purpose. I know where I'm going to do for the rest of my life. And then I, once again, I found my identity in a female. So I was with this girl from the age of 21 till my accident happened in 25. So let's, let's, let's get into that. Cause I, I, that's, you know, even to this day, when I hear it, I, it's, un, it's unbelievable. And it's definitely 100% in my book, in your book. And I believe in God's book, a miraculous event and a healing and a testament of who God is and, and what he's done in your life. So you're 25 years old. It's June 28th, 2009. Am I correct? Correct. So go ahead and, and take us there, my man. Yeah. So 2008, as you guys know, the market crashed. Um, banks were closing left and right. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm now foggy and in a sense broken. Dang. What I'm going to do for the rest of my life doesn't exist like i'm not going to renew my my license there's no mortgages to be sold you know and so um i, I lost i lost my job and then and at the end of 2008 is when weed came back in my life and i moved my girlfriend in the end of 2008. Uh, my mom said God's not going to bless that. He already is not blessing it because you, you, you sinning all around, but you moving her in, living like you're married. God's not in it. Well, mom, that's old school. Moved her in. Um, 
I don't have a relationship with Christ at all. Broken in my 20s, foggy, just striving. You know how that is. And so in 2009, I was working at a steakhouse, um, Mario Batali restaurant, Carne Vino at the Palazzo. Moved her in, weeds in, in, in my in my life. And um, our relationship was really rocky. And so I stopped making my mortgage payments the beginning of 2009. So I don't know where I'm going. I don't know my purpose. Am I going to be a professional server for the rest of my life? The girl I'm thinking I'm going to marry, that's not working out. We break up. That's June 28, 2009. We broke up two weeks prior. And so it was two weeks of trying to fulfill my empty heart. There's a there's a there's a scripture in Ecclesiastes chapter three, where God talks about there's there's seasons and times for everything. And he says, God created everything beautiful in its time. And God placed eternity into man's heart. And so I believe that only an eternal God can fill an eternal heart. Mm, like, like we that. were created for etern- eternity. So I'm trying to fulfill and fill with stuff that never will fill you. So I was going out, Angel, you know, clubbing, sleeping around, drinking. I had a, a vacation for a week. And so the night before my accident, um, I had some drinks and then the day of my accident was my last day of vacation where I found myself at the Palms pool. And it was um, the hottest day that summer, 2009, it was 118 degrees. Um, my coworker picked me up, took, we, we went to the, to the pool. I remember getting there, I had a backpack. I put it, put it down close to the bar. I went to the bar, I ordered Jack and Coke. I sipped it down and it was like the party started all over again. Mm. You know, minimal sleep, minimal water, no food in my system. And I'm at this pool trying to fulfill my heart, you know, from being broken of, of no purpose, the girl, the breakup, everything, you know? Um, so, I'm there from from about 10 a.m. to about 5, 5 p.m. And, um, you know, my 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 best friend was worried about me um, and he came and checked on me because it wasn't like me to go out like that. You know, I was kind of like out of my friends. I was the one that was more focused. Like my best friend would say. George, in your thirties, you're gonna go through menopause. I know men don't go through menopause. <laughs> he was like, "Bro, you don't, you don't like have fun. Like, bro, you gotta go out, you know." So I was always grinding, man, working, working, and so it was unlike me to to go out for those two weeks, you know, just just trying to fulfill that heart, bro. And uh, I, I leave. 
Remember leaving the, the palms? Remember walking out the to the parking lot? I get to my friend's car. I open the door. I'm, I'm in a dr- uh, passenger seat. I put the seatbelt on, recline the chair back, and I fell asleep. He took me to, to my to my house. It's about a 15-minute drive. Um, he parked in front of my home. There's three stories to ex- exactly what happened. So there's a his side of the story where he told my mom, my neighbor, and a and a guy delivering Jimmy Johns. Shout out to Jimmy Johns because I always give a shout out to Jimmy Johns. They're Jiffy Quick or Quicky Fast. <laughs> I forget their motto, but um, so my coworker told my family that he parked. He wanted to listen to some music didn't wake me up like hey george we're home the ac is on it's full blast um he owned a sob a swedish car it was four years old it was a very fairly newer car um he stepped outside and smoked a cigarette i'm still sleeping the car is still on the ac is still blasting comes back inside he falls he falls asleep with the foot on the gas pedal later on we found out that he was he had a form of sleep apnea and like narcolepsy. So at times he would fall asleep. So of all the days he could have fell asleep, he fell asleep June 28, 2009 with the foot on the um, the gas pedal and it was revving. The neighbor told my mom that it revved for about 40 to 45 minutes. And he said that, that it sounded like someone was cleaning carpets, mm. just a constant revving sound really really loud then he hears an explosion and that's when he runs downstairs to see what happened and he sees me outside the car uh engulfed in flames by the by the engine in the front and so um the gentleman he he goes back upstairs to grab a blanket the gentleman delivering jimmy john's he got out of the car and by the grace of God, man, um, he, he suffered third degree burns and he was the only one that approached the car because it was totally engulfed in flames, grabs me, takes me to the side of the street and the car blows up a second time. Um, my coworker, um, he gets out when the car explosion happens and he runs and he's in front of my porch and he freezes. So majority of people, when something drastic happens, um, they, they run away, they flee. And the second majority is that they freeze. It's very rare that a person fights. I think it's less than 10%. Wow. And so the, so the gentleman delivering Jimmy John's, he, he approached it, fought, grabbed me. And he really saved me, man, because God used him because it would have been over with that second explosion. So they rushed me to the to the hospital. Um, I thank the Lord that we have the, the best burn unit in the West Coast in Las Vegas at UMC. And so UMC started to treat me and I was in a coma for over 90 days. Mm. Um, miracle after miracle, man. Um, one of the miracles that I love to share 
is is my mom praying when my kidneys were working about six to ten percent. Um, I think I was in the hospital a couple weeks, maybe three weeks, definitely less than a month. And every day they would, it was like, he's, he's about to die. So it was very hard on my mom. And the doctor um, told her, she, he, he said to her, your son's not going to make it another two days. His kidneys are, are shutting down and he's going to die. He needs dialysis. We don't know if he's going to make it through tonight, but we for sure know that he won't make it another two days. And so um, before she signs off on the paperwork to see if my body was going to accept the dialysis, um, they they needed to run some blood work. And so um, she prayed. My, my father came into the picture after my my accident. Uh, he left at the age of 12. We talked when I was 13 and never heard from him ever again. And so the Lord, the Lord and his sovereignty brought my dad back into the picture. My dad was there, my brother, my uncle, and my mom, and this doctor. And uh, the doctor says, I'm a Christian. I'm going to pray with you. My mom cried out to the Lord. And she says that she remembers a simple a desperate cry out to God. She says, Lord Jesus, in Spanish, um, if you're with me and my son, show me and heal him. And so she cried out to him. They She signs off on the paper. They pull blood. The blood work gets back uh, like 12 hours later. And the blood work showed that my kidneys were 100%. Wow. Uh, yeah, it was faith that my mom needed to push through because there were still moments that a doctor told her, you know, your son's not going to, your son might resent, have resentment towards you. Um, Cause they still needed to cut my legs and amputate my legs. I'm a double leg amputee. And um, they had already taken my feet. And so a doctor said, you know, we need to go higher. Um, he's, he's not going to make it the infection is spreading and we need to cut it and it's going to be above his knees. I used to be like literally like a hair below six, three, you know? And so now I'm missing my knees, man. And the doctor said to my mom, he's going to, he's going to have resentment towards you. He's not going to want to live. And, um, you should pull the plug. Mm. And, and, and my mom asked her, are you a mother? I'm not. She says, you shut up. You don't talk to me. You don't know what it's like. And, um, that was the last time she says, I don't want to work with that doctor. I don't want her around. I need people with faith. <laughs> Cause <laughs> I, I, my, my, you know, my God's going to heal him. You just do your part. Yeah. And uh, man, it was miraculous stories, bro. Um, medicine could only do so much. And it was the hand of God that kept me alive. And he healed me, bro. He's Jehovah Rapha, God, our healer. I love it, man. So I want to go back just a little bit because I cannot even imagine. And you even sort of alluded to it right now. 
there's a lot of fogginess. You don't remember exactly what happened. You said there was three versions, so I'm going to assume that your memory is is gone. Do you do you remember being on on fire? Do you remember your legs being under the engine? Like, do you remember feeling anything, or or how did that end up working out, and how did you get through that process? Yeah, man, great question. Because I was going crazy when I woke up from the coma, and I was asking the Lord that, what happened, God? Because my mom and my family they were shielding me, they were protecting me, so. They weren't giving me a lot of details. They just told me, you've been in a car accident and exploded. Uh, They told me about my coworker and how it happened. But I just like, what happened? And so all I can remember was being at the pool, the breakup, two weeks of just dumb, dumb decisions, you know, like brokenness. Yeah. And so um, I actually had a crazy dream that I, I believe was from the Lord. Um, and uh, in my dream, because I don't know, Angel, what it's like to be burned. Wow. So I'm fourth degree burns. As you guys can see, my, my hands are completely burnt up, missing some fingers. My left hand shrunk. This hand I'm missing a muscle, you know, it was down to the bone. They were supposed to amputate my right arm. And so the the burns were down to the bone. You don't survive fourth degree burns, especially 80% of your body. Hey, hey, but praise the Lord, you know what I'm saying? As a man, I got my stuff. (laughs) I got my stuff, my man. Yeah. Yes, sir. Hey, you got to see the bright side, right? You got to see the bright side and everything. Hey, it would be tough to lose (laughs) your members. It would be really hard. And so, yeah, my my legs, uh, my stumps to my waist and my butt didn't really get it. My face didn't really get it really bad. But the rest of it, my legs and my hands were fourth degree. My chest was third degree. And so in my dream, I broke the window. Like when I, in my dream, I, I'm, I'm laying back and I'm sleeping and I wake up and there's the whole car is engulfed in flames. The front, the, the roof, my legs are just engulfed in flames, man. And I'm trying to put it out and I can't. And I'm trying to open the, the door and I couldn't. So I use my elbow and I break the glass. It took me three times to break it. And then the dream takes me to me getting pulled in a stretcher on top of the ambulance. And um, and it, I, when I asked uh, a lawyer, because we had a lawyer, what the, and, and, and my best friend, was the window of the passenger broken? They said that was the only window that was broken. So I believe that I broke the car window and I got out. And then when I, 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 when I got up, I got out, I got up, I walked to the front and I collapsed because that's where I, I, I was at next to the fire, man. Right, like right by the engine. Man. 
Yeah. And so, but man, I thank the Lord that my mind shut that off. Yeah. You know, because that recovery would have been a lot more, I think, mentally. Just knowing what it feels like to be on fire. And so let me ask you, let me ask you a question. And I'm sure that whoever's watching this or or hearing this on the podcast, how did how did you mentally, spiritually reconcile what happened to you? And as I mentioned before, this podcast started that most people go through things in life. And when there are trials and tribulations and hardships or tests, whatever we want to call it, for the most part, we end up blaming God and getting further away from God. Here you are, 80% of your body's burned. You lose your legs all past your hips. I mean, by your hips. You lose your arms. I mean, how did you get closer to God? What happened in here, bro? Like, like, how did you work that out to to now doing what you're doing, which we'll get into? But how did you reconcile your relationship? How did you make sense of why me? Yeah, great question. It actually happened in the hospital bed. And it took people for me to reconcile the love of God. And so I saw the love of God through people, doctors, CNAs, nurses, family, friends, people that I didn't know, loving on me, praying over me, believers sharing Jesus, hearing Romans 8.28 <laughs> over and over again. You know, he's working all things for your good. He has a purpose for your life. God has a purpose. And I'm like, man, purpose, like, I can't move. I have no legs. My life is over. And this is how the Holy Spirit taught me. Because he's a teacher. And the Holy Spirit will point us to truth. And he'll reveal things. Right? So the Holy Spirit did that. He revealed that God had mercy upon my life. I knew that I knew, Angel, if I would have died that day, I would have went to hell. The gospel became real in that hospital bed. The mercy of God was real. Like he had mercy. God was so merciful and so gracious that I was headed straight to hellfire. But he said, I'm not gonna do that. I'm not gonna pay you what you deserve. I'm actually gonna have grace and mercy upon your life. And I'm gonna, I'm gonna keep you here because I do have a purpose and your purpose is to know me. And so when I realized the reality of eternity being apart from God, and him being gracious and merciful, that I get a chance to know God and that I'd rather be burnt up here, right? Than in eternity in hell, everything changes, bro. Wow. Everything changes. Wow. You know, it, you're, you're humbled, you're grateful, you know, and, and that sparked faith. Yeah. It sparked hope, you know? And I started to believe God, 
You say that you got a purpose for my life. Show me. I know that I'm going to walk again. I know that I'm going to work again. You know? How? Like, work it out, you know? I had, like, this childlike faith, man. Um, And my recovery was really the hand of God upon me. Um, That he just had, like, this extra grace. That's amazing, man. You know? And, but and it you, took the love. Yeah, sorry, yeah. it took the love of people. You know, sharing the gospel, sharing Bible, praying over me, and and then having just encounters with Jesus, bro, in that hospital bed. Wow. Dreams and yeah, a lot of cool stuff. <laughs> so it's I'm almost a book. Yeah, it, it's almost like God. God revealed. Yeah, I was just talking to my wife last night about this. We were having a discussion about how we get so stressed out and we get so focused on what we have in this world, um, what we're experiencing in this world. And it's very temporary and it's easier said than done when nothing catastrophic happens. But when something catastrophic happens like you, you get a sense and God shows up in such a supernatural way that he brings comfort and peace and love and support And then he reveals himself to you in a way where do you feel, and I'm asking this because I don't know, I've never been through anything that like like, like you've been through, but do you feel like he brought you comfort and that he brought you this security to know that the body that you lost here is just temporary and that when he takes you home, you are going to be reunited with the glorified body that is never going to experience any pain? Yeah, that revelation and comfort and wholeness took two years. Wow. Okay. Yeah. So, so it was this grace of recovery and purpose and like, man, I got hope. I had faith. Right. And I'm going to move forward. Like with love, faith, and hope, I rose above the flames that got me plugged into a local church when I left the hospital, but it was a healing of a revelation of God's truth. And um, finding my identity in Jesus for me to to find um, confidence in accepting my body, you know, and and practically I had to do my part. Yeah. You know, I went back to work, man, a, a year and a half later. I went back to real estate. Um, I got involved with sport. I play wheelchair rugby. Um, like. You got to go out. You have to put effort. You know, I could have stayed at home, man, been peeled out. Why me and pity me. But man, I got plugged in with community through my church, community in my job, community with my sport. Like we we need those things. We need those um, kingdom minded design like this god you know what i'm saying like god designed us for community you know god designed us for us to work and have purpose and to be on mission i love it so yeah it it took about two years bro wow so yeah so what does being kingdom-minded mean to you i know the kingdom-minded coach this this brand that that my wife and i started it's been amazing so far but what 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 does being kingdom-minded mean to jorge yeah, man, what a big word. 
right? With big theology. <laughs> but bring, bring like, it home to us. Like, give, yeah. us, give us the grassroots. Like, this is the street right here. This is this is real yeah. life. This is real trenches. This is real struggles, man. And this is why I love it because you're living that, man. You're, you're like, literally, like, when, when I hear stories and miracles like this, it reminds me of a story that could have been in the Bible. Wow. Seriously, man. So, I mean, that, that's just how I truly feel. Like, yeah. like if there was a modern day Bible that needed to be read, or if there's a book that needed to be spoken about when it comes to having the faith that moves the mountains, the faith that opens up doors and, and then just being able to have the mindset to be able to still do what you're doing today, which we'll get into in a sec. How has being kingdom minded helped all that? Yeah, man. Great question. Um, I, I do want to share one word that's coming to mind from 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 me seeing the mercy and grace of God that I in eternity that He kept me here, not hell, but man, you're gonna know me. His forgiveness, angel. Mm. Right, I received forgiveness, man. We all need forgiveness. So forgiveness brings healing, and so. Kingdom minded for me reminds me of Jesus's prayer. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So it's twofold. The kingdom is coming, but the kingdom is here. And, and, and us being under the lordship, the kingship of Jesus, we get a chance to bring the kingdom of God on earth, living on mission serving making a difference you know knowing god um obeying his principles mm -hmm. like we got a constitution which is the bible right so we got a lot of work to do because we we have the kingdom here absolutely like it's already here but it's it's both in and it's coming and so pray like it gives me hope that i'm gonna have a new body like you said with King Jesus being perfect and being with him, with no sin, no fallen world, no fallen flesh, but also it's both and that, man, we need to work. I love it, man. We, I love it. So, we got the kingdom here. Absolutely. Well, thanks for sharing that. That's that's amazing. Um, today, present day, here we are. I got rise above the flame. Just... Tell me, tell me what you do with that and what you're, tell us what you're doing today that God is using for his glory. Yeah. Rise Above the Flames is really a, 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 my, my brand that I'm, I'm, I'm building. It's really a lifestyle. It's with love, faith, and hope. I rose above the flames. With that attitude, with that empowerment, with those truthful words of having the love of God empower your faith to give you hope, to rise above pain, to get closer to God, to make a difference, to get connected to community. Um, it has led me to, to be a part of a, a, a nonprofit that I work for called FCA, the Fellowship Christian Athletes. I've been on staff with them for five years. Wow. And um, I've been serving with alongside with them for, for, for eight. Um, and so they, 
they're a, a, a ministry that that their mission is to reach coaches and athletes, whether it be in a collegiate, pro, high school, with the gospel of Jesus. And so what I do with, with the Fellowship of Christian Athletes is that I go and and I'm a missionary, man. I, I'm a missionary in, in the city of Las Vegas with, um, with the Fellowship of Christian Athletes. And we're in different public high schools in our valley. We get a chance to feed the students during lunch and we get a chance to bring the gospel each week. And so I partner with different churches and we're, we're present, making a difference on school campus with the word of God and making a difference serving and, and being present, man, while engaging, discipling students, coaches. Um, and then I also, uh, I'm a youth director at my church. So they kind of go well together. The synergy of, of being um, kingdom minded um, and reaching the, the next generation with the ability the power of sports um, go hand in hand with the work of my church. So I'm the one directing the students and um, I, I love it. I've been on staff. The 30th of this month would be four years wow. that I'll be on staff here at Walk Church. Shout out to my church and Pastor Hayden. Uh, oh, he's it, a, a mentor and a good friend of mine. You know, and he got at, saved through. Yep. At, as you say all this, I had a uh, a smile come on my face, and and uh, I think you noticed it. It was uh, you're doing so much, but you have much less in your physical capabilities than you did when you had more. How do you explain that? How do you explain that you're doing? I mean, I was a Christian. I'll throw myself under the bus. I had everything good about me and it took me this long to finally find this and there's no condemnation in that it's just an observation but i know that there's other believers out there that haven't experienced not even a quarter of what you've experienced and they're still trying to navigate and figure out what god wants them to do and they don't feel like they have the time in the day to do anything other than what they've already been doing which has led them to where it's led them for whatever reason but here you are, man. You're an you're you're an executive. I mean, you're you're in your leader at your church. You're a leader at the F FCA. Is that what it's called? Yes. You, you have a full time job. You're in your office right now. You're 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 an evangelist. Your story is inspiring people all over the world, dude. This is this is amazing. How can you? What what would what could you say to anybody listening or watching this right now? to encourage them in their walk with Jesus, to encourage them in keeping fighting the good fight of faith and to never give up regardless of what they're going through. What, what, what could you tell them? Yeah, I would tell, I would tell you guys that you got to get on the playbook. There's, there's a playbook for your life. There is answers that you're asking that only God has the, the truthful answer. For example, God will answer where you come from. There's a, there's a question, where do I come from? It's deeper than your mother's womb. You come from God, a designer. 
that designed you in your mother's womb, that has gifts and plans to to prosper you, to use you, Amen. right? Another question that the Lord answers is, who am I? You're not going to find your identity with being married, with the person, with your job. You need to find your identity in Christ, who he says you are. Can you imagine knowing and believing who Jesus says we truly are? Like, I need more of that, angel. I need Amen. to be reminded my true identity in Christ, a child of God, forgiven, redeemed, able, capable, right? I have peace with God. Like, there's so much in being in Christ, you know? You uh, we don't need to strive. You found the we treasure, found man. You found the treasure. We found a treasure. Yeah, so finding your identity in Jesus is so important. Knowing that you have a designer, a creator. A third, a third question that we ask is, why am I here? Which is purpose. Your ultimate purpose is to know him. Know God. Amen. And make him know, right? The fourth question is, what am I going to do? while I'm here. God has given us each a gift, a talent to make a difference. If you're an entrepreneur, you can make them known in your domain. A doctor, a lawyer, an investor, a real estate agent, an athlete, like he get, he placed you there with the mission, with gifts and talents to make a difference, to make him known, right? And the last and final question that he answers is, where am I going? That deals, that deals with the mission, a destiny. Mm. You know, we're, we're on mission, man. Absolutely. We know who we are. We know where we come from. We know we have purpose. We know we got gifts. And guess what? In our domain, we're making a difference. Dude, I love it, man. Everything you just said is what the Kingdom Minded Coach is all about, man. We help you discover, develop, and deploy your purpose. And we do that through a foundational method that I like calling the Kingdom Minded Method. And we do that through helping people find their purpose, their vision, and their mission in Christ. And I believe that once they find that, there is nothing that is going to be more fulfilling and more exciting and more exhilarating than knowing that you are back in connection with the God who created you, who has the blueprint, who has the playbook, as Jorge just said, of your life that is going to ignite you like you've never been ignited before. And as you go down this journey, you're going to connect with Jorge after this podcast and this YouTube video, and you're going to find him on Facebook. You're going to go to Rise Above the Flames. It's, how can people get in contact with you? Let me just ask that. Is there a website? Is there social media? Like, I want to get people connected with you. I want to I, I want to help people be encouraged. And if they have any questions to be able to ask you. So is there any way that people can contact you? Is there a website? Yeah, riseaboveflames.com, riseaboveflames.org, uh, Rise Above the Flames uh, on IG, and then Jorge. Hernandez, and you can just type in Las Vegas because there's a lot of Jorge's Hernandez's. So you can find me in those places. Yeah. I love it, man. And and you're busy out there in Vegas, huh? So if anybody's ever in Vegas, uh, I know when we go out there to visit my dad again, we're going to hook up and 
we're going to have some more good times together. But hey, man, I just wanted to let yeah. you know that that your life is inspiring. Your spirit is motivating. God is definitely working um, in your life. The Holy Spirit is empowering you to do things um, right now that you know are amazing. And he he's only getting started, man. And when I saw your interview and, uh, you know, 10 years ago meeting you, you've always been in my heart. And I know we've spoken about this before. Sorry it took yeah. nine years to make this happen. But, you know, hey, um, I, I rode the yellow spiritual bus when it comes to Jesus. But I'm finally on it. I'm finally on mission. I'm on purpose. And it's really, really exciting. And I'm very grateful that you said yes and that you took time out of your day to, to be with our, uh, with our audience. Um, thank you so much, Jorge. I really appreciate it. Um, and one thing that I'd like to do, uh, before I close out is to give you just, if there's anything that you want to leave our audience with at the end, I want to give you one more chance just to lay out some encouragement, give some exhortation, uh, before I close it out the way I do. Uh, so is there any other words of encouragement or any kind of wisdom that you want to leave us with before we end the show? Yeah. Growing the love of God, growing your faith. It's, it's going to give you a lively and eternal hope that God wants to equip you with and clothe you with. You know, he's a designer. He's intentional. And, and he's relational. You know, so I'm growing in those areas. And so just, just continue to grow in, in knowing him. As we know him, everything changes. You know, and the journey of on this side of heaven is uh, is up ups and downs, but it's it's exciting to to know more of Jesus, you know, and 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 eternity. That's what we're going to be doing, and we're going to be knowing God. It's going to be endless. You imagine that? There's always going to be something new. The Word yeah. of God says that He creates all things new. So nothing will be the same. Nothing will ever be the same. Amen. That's how big he is. <laughs> I love it. it, it ain't so the journey boring. of knowing It ain't going to be boring up there or wherever we're going to be with him. It ain't going to be boring. That's for sure. Amen. That's the truth. Awesome. And so, well, yeah, that's my encouragement. Thanks, brother. It really, an honor. Yes, I really appreciate it, man. Thank you so much for being here. And I always like, you know, Another conversation that I just had with my with my wife last night, we were in our in our office organizing and getting things ready. And it was around one thirty in the morning. And usually for whatever reason, that's where our, uh, our our creative juices start flowing and the Holy Spirit starts downloading. We had worship music playing and we had some topics that we're going to discuss. But one thing that she says, she says, hey, babe, do you ever do a call to action to get your listeners or your viewers to accept Jesus as their savior? And I'm like, man, I haven't done that yet. So Jorge, man, today's interview is going to pop that off. And there's a scripture in, uh, in, in the good book, Romans chapter 10, verse 9. And I'm going to paraphrase it a little bit, but it says, if you confess with your mouth and believe in your heart that Jesus rose from the dead, you will be saved. And there's nothing more, nothing less to do as a believer to get saved than to be a part of the family of God. So if you're watching this video right now, I just wanted to give you that opportunity to 
be able to just say a quick prayer. Maybe this this story resonated with you. Maybe the story of hope and determination and the blessing, the miracle of what Jorge shared with you touched your heart and you want to give the God of the universe an opportunity to have a relationship with you, a personal relationship with you. Well, he gave us an opportunity. In John 3, 16, it says, For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son that whosoever whosoever, not somebody, not if you do this, that, or the other, it's whosoever believes in him shall not perish, but have everlasting life. And that is a promise. That is a guarantee. You will be stamped. You'll be signed, sealed, and delivered for eternity with our Savior. And that is a beautiful thing. You heard that in Jorge's message today. So with that being said, I just want to give a quick pause for a second for like maybe 10 seconds to give our listeners and the viewers an opportunity to just to get their mind right. And all I'm going to do is say a quick prayer. And all you got to do is repeat after me. And after that, you are in the family. You are good to go. And there's no turning back. Your life will never be the same. <clears throat> Heavenly Father, I thank you for today. I thank you for every listener. And um, I thank you for Jorge, for his testimony, for his story, and for his spirit. And for everybody that is listening to the sound of my voice, for everybody that is watching this YouTube video, Right now, I just wanted to invite you into an opportunity to accept Jesus as your Lord and Savior. And all you have to do is say this prayer with me. Lord, thank you so much for loving me the way you do. Today, I acknowledge with my heart and I confess with my mouth that you died and rose again on the third day to be my Savior, to be my Lord, to be my God. And today, I accept you as those three. I know that my life will never be the same and my expectation in you is vast. My expectation in you is to become a child of the Most High God and because of what you've done for me that has given me access. I thank you. I accept you as my Savior today. In the name of Jesus, amen. Amen. Guys, Amen. if you said that prayer, that's all it takes. That's easy peasy lemon squeezy, as my, my little guy says. And uh, yeah. now at this point, it's just developing, guys. It's developing. It's drawing that relationship closer. It's like being in marriage. It's like having the best friend. You cultivate closeness. You cultivate relationships by communicating, by communing, by talking, conversating. In the case of the Holy Spirit, it's praying. So if you just accepted Jesus into your heart and you prayed that prayer with us, I wanted to encourage you to plug into a local church. Contact Jorge at riseabovetheflames.com. Contact me at thekingdommindedcoach.com and we would be more than honored and happy to mentor you and guide you into a stronger relationship with Jesus. We'd be happy to disciple you and help you as a brother and sister in Christ so that you can live the life on purpose, on mission, that God has in the playbook already for you to accomplish. So um, I'm excited, man. Thank you guys so much for joining the podcast. Thank you so much for taking the time to watch this video. I hope it inspired you. This is episode 31 of the Kingdom Minded Coach podcast. Um, again, if you have any questions, comments, you can always email us at info at thekingdommindedcoach.com. And don't forget to go visit biblicalblacksmith.com and pick up our new apparel. It's awesome. And it's going to be a conversation starter into the minds and hearts of people that you come across. It's a beautiful emblem that says Biblical Blacksmith and the whole mission and goal behind that movement is to train discipleship 
to give people the tools and the resources needed so they can forge weapons of warfare inside the word of God because the weapons that we forge are not of this world. Amen. Thank you guys so much. God bless. Jorge, dude, God bless you, man. Thank you so much for being God here. God bless you, Angel. And it's an honor. Next, Thank you. Yes. And until next time, guys, you keep living life to the fullest. Search for God's righteousness and his purpose will be, uh, will be revealed to you. Thank you so much and God bless. Boom, we are finished.